Welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast, conversations to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. An uplifting and inspiring series of conversations and talks with your host, Jackie Woodside. We are educating minds, empowering lives, and enlightening souls to create a world where love prevails. In this engaging podcast, we deliver exciting, positive, transformative talks and teachings designed to elevate your life. Now, let's join our host, Jackie Woodside, for this week's session. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us today for another edition of the Conscious Living Podcast, where we seek to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. Today, I could not be happier to have a dear friend and colleague of mine on today's show. Howard Falco is the author of the book called I Am, one of the most powerful books I have ever read. Please get your hands on it. And uh, his second book, Time in a Bottle, and he's working, and which was also, we, that's actually how, Howard, that's how you and I met, because I was writing my book on time, and I had read your book, Time in a Bottle, and I reached out, and that was how we connected several years ago. So it's just an honor, uh, Howard, to have you here, uh, more of Howard's work. He's a coach. He works with professional and uh, high-level college athletes and emerging athletes. He also works with people who are on the spiritual path of awakening. So today we're going to dive into some really great topics on the Conscious Living Podcast. So Howard, welcome. Just say a few more things about yourself and, and help our listeners get to know you a little bit more if they haven't had the chance to meet you yet. Uh, well, thank you very much for having me on, Jackie. I truly appreciate it. It's an honor to speak with you um, and uh, to work with you in any capacity. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, I think you said most of it. I'm an author of two books on self-awareness and spirituality from its true essence and how you expand your consciousness and become a more powerful creator, which has worked itself into everyday life with people in relationships, traumas on the path of spirituality and enlightenment. And of course, athletes looking to get to the next level. So that's what I do every day is put this work out to help hopefully alleviate suffering and, and show people how powerful they are as creators. That's such a great sentence to show people how powerful they are as creators, which to me is the definition of living life consciously. So Howard, let's just dive in right there. You know, this, this podcast, the Conscious Living Podcast really seeks to help people understand more fully and to live more fully the true essence of what it means to live life consciously. So when you talk about the true power that we have uh, and, and how you help your clients uh, utilize and develop that power. Just let's just dive in there. What does that mean to you? Sure. I think we are coming of age in a way uh, over the last, I would say, 50 to 70 years in understanding that the way that our life unfolds is directly connected to the way that we perceive and respond to our environment. And the way we perceive and respond to our environment is dependent upon the values and the truths that we hold about who we are. So in that kernel is everything because previously, I think we have just been going through life and we're just coming out of 50 years ago where really we were just surviving. We were hunting for food and had to get building supplies by chopping down trees. And then the last 50 to 100 years, we now have grocery stores and building supply places. And, and all over the world, there's there's more of a, I don't know if it's capitalistic or barter and exchange type of, of living 
to where it's left us more time to discover more of who we are rather than just operate on a subconscious automatic survival basis. And that creative individualism is allowing us to take a deeper look at how our reality gets created. And that's where I come in with this work is to help people understand that they, in this moment, they hold the power to begin to change everything for themselves if that's what they're looking to do, yeah. that they have the power to create what is actually, what conditions are going to come together for what happens next for them. And, and what is that power? Let, let's keep going with that. That power is the understanding of what has driven the truth that you've held about who you have been that has created your life from the moment you had your own volition over it. 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, we start to take control of the direction of our choices and actions. We're no longer under the influence of our caregivers or our parents. And each one of those perceptions and reactions and choices has an inertia and an energy to it that then life is responding back to. So what I've discovered in my work is that it's not just you putting out energy that's creating your reality, but part of the divinity of life is the way that it knows what our intention is and tries to help us feed that to give rise and birth to an experience. Now, that can be negative or that can be positive. The universe has no um, uh, influence on that. It has no desire on that. It's only Neutral. if there is a desire, it is simply to feed creativity in its infinite essence because that's what life the universe, God, however you want to express it, is infinite expression. So therefore, it allows each one of us then to decide who we want to be in relationship to that divinity and how it's going to match us. But there's a long road, not a long road, but there's a road to understanding that, to getting having faith in that, to understanding that connection, to understanding your worth. There's so many layers to this. Yeah. But as you peel the layers and you start to see it, your eyes get so big with wonder and awe and majesty of what is possible that it's almost, it is uncontainable sometimes. It's just bursting. And that's that childlike wonder and beauty that you get back in your life, which can happen at any age where you realize anything is possible of you. And it's very exciting. Um, and and let's, be, let's be candid here. Uh, the world... Um, can be very um, can be very negative, and and life looks for any crack in the cement to try and pull you back to the old state or to diminish your optimistic power because the ego is very susceptible to comfort and the known. And other than rare instances where you define yourself as a pioneer of the unknown, which would be the only instance where the ego is unrelenting for creativity, it's going to, to, to revert very easily back to what's known. Right. And so you said there that life pulls you back. I think it's the ego that pulls you back. I, again, I, I agree with you. Life itself is neutral and looking to create what you believe. You said your, your ultimate truth. Yeah, let me clarify that. What I yeah. meant by life, I should, words are very important. So thank you for that. 
the current state of the collective consciousness, because it's 90% dominated by staying where it's at, right. sort of, and, and, and that's, I guess, can sometimes be very negative because anytime you want to move forward, the negativity kicks in to pull you back. Yeah. The, the current state of consciousness can be very um, heavy on the soul. Yeah. Yeah. Especially ones that are trying to expand and do yes. new things. Yes, for sure. The current state of consciousness can be very heavy. Um, I, you know, I, I think a lot of, I, I've heard other speakers say this, other teachers say this, that we're either always coming from love or from fear. And there, there seems to be a lot of fear consciousness in our world today. And for those of us who are committed to living a conscious life, to, to educating, empowering, and enlightening ourselves, uh, to growing toward enlightenment, that the heaviness of the consciousness that we're living in is, is really intense. Yeah, it can be, um, which means there's a greater need for more people who are living from a faithful, free state of mind. And what I mean by faithful is faithful in the truth of life, which is eternal and, um, and eternally supportive of, of your existence. So when we have more people living in that space, it can help counterbalance so much of the negativity. Um, you know, one person at an expanded level of consciousness can sometimes add balance to a thousand people yeah. who are in a negative state. And so yeah. it's really important that those who are pioneers in this area and are really looking at self-awareness and consciousness and living that you keep going, that, that you yes. know you're on the right path and you truly are pioneer yeah. and, and very needed yeah. um, to keep working in, in this area. Yeah, that's um, very much what I want our listeners to hear. You're on the right path. Keep working, even though it feels hard, even though in many ways right now, Howard, and maybe we'll take this turn in many ways right now, it feels like almost like we're in a process of devolution, de-evolution, yeah. rather than progressive evolution toward oneness and unity and unconditional love and transcendence. So it, it feels right now, the mass consciousness feels to me very constricted, very geared towards separation, very geared toward fear and stasis, keep everything the same, don't lose that hold on power. So for those of us who are committed to living an awakened life, what, what thoughts do you have about what's happening in our, uh, I guess we're talking about the United States, but not even really, it's, it's, it is around the world, kind of this global, yeah. Yeah, this it's global, global retrenchment. Yeah. So yeah, let's just go there a little bit. But if you look at the pattern of existence, um, everything expands and contracts, right? Our lungs breathe in and breathe out. Our heart beats, expands and contracts. Waves have ebb and flows to it. And I think we just happen to be in a much larger ebb at the moment um, of a pullback. But what's exciting is that behind that is probably a very big flow about to come, right? At some point. But we're just in the middle of an ebb where... Um, uh, the conservative nature of people that are afraid of change and afraid of evolution are afraid of expansion are holding tightly and trying to pull back on things a little yeah. bit. Um, but it's inevitable that we move forward because life is about infinite expression and expansion. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's the whole purpose of time. So uh, that is inevitable. The question is what role are you going to play at this moment in the middle of it. And that's where my work helps people to not get caught in the web of negativity because life or, let me go back to the right statement. 
negative consciousness will look for any crack in the cement or any slippery slope to try and grab you and pull you down. That's why it's really important to watch the inputs that you're paying attention to. For years, I have gotten my information in an unproduced way. So I don't have to take the energy of the production value of the information. I can just get the information. So whether it's about coronavirus or whether it's about um, um, the economy or whether it's about the insurrection or whether it's about, I can be knowledgeable and aware of exactly what's going on, but I don't have to take the negativity of the energy coming in because I don't want it to affect this. This is the single most important thing in your life. And that is your state of mind. That doesn't mean you're ignorant to things. It doesn't mean you're not empathizing with the world, but you are, you, you are holding sacred your state of mind because that is what's producing your next experience and having an impact back on your world. Yeah, so this is so good. The most important thing is your state of mind. I've, you've met my son, Nathan. He's grown up hearing me say, the most important thing you'll ever learn is how to manage your thoughts, your emotions, and then your behavior. I mean, I've, I've said that sentence to him a thousand times. So I couldn't be more in agreement with you. The most important thing you'll ever learn is how to manage your thoughts and emotions. So say more about that, Howard. And, and with a nod toward your book, I Am, you know, our, our state of mind. In fact, I use your quote from the book, I Am, um, this, Oh no, this is an Aristotle quote. The state of mind is the essence of life. Um, yours is uh, nothing is happening to you. It's happening for you. Life is happening for you. I use right. that quote of, of yours. Use that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, give a nod to the book I Am because there's so much wisdom sure. in it. this thing about this your state of mind. And I love what you said too about we're, we are in a kind of a negative prevalent consciousness. So you can take in the information, the inf insurrection happened, the pandemic is happening, the global kind of recession toward uh, conservatism is happening. How do you take that in and maintain that state of mind? So I would just love to hear all your thoughts on yeah. that. I have a great example that comes from I am about this, um, about this exact thing, just to show you how precious your state of mind is and how being caught in the negativity and allowing your, your, your mind to drop into that negativity and being caught in that web versus staying in the truth of infinite possibility and what is possible and how that could change. And the story goes back to, um, it's a lengthy story, but I'll, I'll condense it. There's a guy who's at home and he's depressed because he's watching the story about a war. You know, and that's another thing we can talk about, right? The war and the invasion of Ukraine. But, and he's very saddened by it because he's wondering, how can I help that over here? This is terrible. And he goes to this grocery store all depressed. He gets his groceries, he goes through the line and he doesn't notice the checkout girl who's very depressed, you know, and she has her head down. He doesn't say anything to her because he doesn't notice because he's depressed and he walks out of the store. Okay, that's example one. Now. Here's how things can change when you protect your state of mind. Yeah. He watches the story and he says to himself, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I can where I stand to just share positivity and love. That's the power that I hold. I can't change what's going on over there unless I become a diplomat, unless I start a, a, a GoFundMe, unless I do something more activism based. But what I can do with my own life is be who I want to be in relationship to that put love out where there's fear, hate, and peace. So he's going through the line and because he's in a very mindful state of that and he's defined who he wants to be through his I am's as that, he recognizes that she's depressed. He can feel it because he's open, he's mindful, he's present. And so his empathy and his intuition is strong. 
And as she's putting, as she's running the things through the checkout, he says, um, Marilyn, how are you? Are you okay? And she says, yeah, I'm just having a bad day. And he looks at her straight in the eyes and he goes, well, listen, I want you to know something. I'm really glad you're here. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate you doing this. And uh, I just wanted you to know that. And she kind of looks at him, kind of smiles and says, thank you. No one said that to me since I started working here. He says, my pleasure. And they smile at each other maybe even leans over and gives her a hug. I mean, it could, it could go to any degree. He leaves. She goes home that night and there's a gun on the table that she was contemplating the last three nights and taking her life. And this was gonna be the night. Instead, she picks up the gun, opens the chamber, empties the bullets, throws the gun away. Nice. She's in a relieved state. She hasn't talked to her mother in three years, which is part of her depression. She decides to call her. She picks up the phone. She calls her mother. Her mother is shocked. Tears are flowing. They talk on the phone for three hours. They reconcile. I've been waiting for this call. I'm so glad to hear from you. Let's get together. And they're just, there's a huge turn of events. There's this watershed moment, literally and physically. The mother is so excited after she gets on the, off the phone. It's late at night, but she knows that it's early in the morning over in Europe. So she picks up the phone and calls her brother to spread the news to him. I, I heard from Marilyn today. You can't believe it. We're getting together after all these years. We're going to reconcile. Her brother happens to be the foreign diplomat for the country that's at war, who's been trying to hold peace talk meetings. He's so inspired by his sister's story of reconciliation that he gets another wave of, of inspiration and enthusiasm. And he calls the people together that, that he's involved with and said, let's try one more round of peace talks. Let's give it one more shot. And they all finally agree, they get together. And sure enough, it causes a ceasefire for the first time in months. The next day, this guy's home on his couch. He turns on the news and the first news story is, there's been a ceasefire over in the war-torn country of yada, yada, yada. And he's like, so excited. Wow, that's awesome. Doesn't even realize right, right, the right. of events. Now, what I say in that story is it may seem improbable, but how do you know? I know, right. So right. that's that's what I'm, that's, that's the story. Fantastic. That, that is fantastic. So, so what's ours to do is protect our state of mind, notice it. And I, I love what you're saying. A, a colleague of mine, Ezra Ogut from Turkey, Turkey talks about um, making a being choice. And in my life design work, I say, don't just set goals set your goals, but determine your way of being while you accomplish your goals. You know, cause you can, you can have a goal of running a marathon and be pissy and moany and just miserable the whole time. And you're spreading that negativity of being pissy and moany while you're running your marathon, right? So mm -hmm, determine right. your way of being. And my colleague Ezra says, make a being choice. And that's really Howard, what you're saying is determine who you want to be in the face of political discord. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying I am, right? That is the essence of life is who do you want it? Right, exactly what you just said. Who do you want to be in relationship to whatever you're experiencing? So it doesn't matter what the world is doing. You hold dominion over how you decide to respond and react to it. And if you fall into the old guilt, shame, and regret of the world and say, oh, you have to feel bad, you have to be upset, you have to be, there's no, like when someone's going through grief, there's no certain timetable. Someone could spend years in grief if that's their choice, or they can have a month of grief where they finally let it go right? 
And, and even in some countries, what do they do when, when someone passes? They celebrate, they have a party because they know that they're free, their soul is free and they've moved on. So there's no should or shouldn'ts when it comes to how you feel in the world. Yeah. The only should or shouldn't is up to you and what you intend for your life. And that's what I'm trying to offer. You have so much dominion and it's your birthright really to decide it. So I want to push back here, Howard, because I think a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are going to be like, yeah, well, that's easier for you to say. Maybe you have dominion, but I, you know, I, I love this. I can't help it. It's just the way I feel. I can't help it. It's just the way I think. So, you know, what do you say to that person who perhaps, you know, maybe appreciates the sentiment that we have dominion, but doesn't have the experience of it? Of, of being able to be met with difficulty, whether it's loss of a job or my spouse walked out on me or, you know, the economy is tanking or, you know, my best friend was in the insurrection, like whatever, like life is coming at me and I feel bad. You're saying, let life come at you, filter it through your lens of consciousness and make a different being choice. But you know, as well as I do, this is your work. Not everyone has that capacity. So what do you say to that person? So what I'll say is that everybody has the capacity for it. They just haven't been ready for it. Now, the question is, most importantly, what I would say to that person is, what is your intent? Is your intent to stay in the same state of being that you're in right now? Do you enjoy being in a down and depressed mood? If the answer is no, then we can start the process. So there has to be intent first. That's always my first question in any meeting I have with anybody is what is your intent? Because I wanna make sure that the information I'm about to give you is aligned with your intention. Otherwise there's no, no reason to be there, right? So once that intent is established, then it is about, you know, when people say I can't do this, no, that's not true. What's true is that you haven't been able to do it. Right. That I will grant you is true. Right. But what is possible in every moment? Anything. And when you, when, you, when you understand that and you agree with that, then you can start to open up to the possibilities about how you can shift and how you can change. But you have to be, be ready and you have to understand that the change is going to help you and be positive. And the practitioner, the teacher, whoever it is, has to be right there holding their hand saying, I'm here with you. I will walk you through this. Because what, what the mind, the ego, one of its biggest tools in its bag of tricks is to fill the unknown with the worst case scenario. Even though there's an infinite spectrum of possibility, how the ego stops progress is it says, if you do this, then the worst case thing will happen. Yeah. If you leave that person in your marriage or your relationship, you'll be alone for the rest of your life. If you quit that job to find another, you'll be broke and you'll never find another one. If you step up and, and try your hardest as an athlete, you may fail and then what, right? So it's always jumping to the worst case scenario when the truth is infinite possibility. The gap is filled with the F word and it's not fear. It's fear's kryptonite, which is faith. Right. Now, what does that mean? What does that word faith mean? Faith means that you have a trust in the unknown, knowing that whatever becomes known will serve you in your journey. 
Mm. Say that again. You have a trust in the unknown. Unknown. And that whatever becomes known will serve you in your journey. Because life is always unfolding for your highest good. Exactly. It's yeah. here to serve the expression of who you are. In yeah. religion, they say you're here to glorify. To me, what glorify means outside of that confine is to express yourself to your highest desires, whatever yeah. you're looking to do. There is no limit on you. Um, so that's what I would say is, you know, can't is another tool by the ego to lay on the future when it's, it's, and I'll agree with you that you haven't been able to, I'm not going to take that truth away because it sure. is true. You haven't been able to, I agree, but that doesn't mean you can't. So let's get into this a little bit more. I, I totally agree with you. What I say to people is, and I like what you said, you said you haven't yet been ready. I say you haven't yet been trained. You just haven't learned how to establish right. opinion over your mind. Right. So let's get into yeah. it a little bit. How, how, yeah, go ahead with that thought. No, no, I was just thinking, I was looking at the word capacity in relationship to potential. Capacity and potential were the same. That's yeah. why I was looking at that word. So everybody's birthright is that potentiality. Um, but you're right. What they haven't had is the understanding of how to do it. Right. Exactly. So I think that's where the, but you're correct. Some people don't have the understanding, but that's why these words are coming into your ears right now, because life is serving you in this moment. You and I just happen to be the beautiful bridges right now for that divine wisdom to flow through. Yeah. We're just in the space of, of being the mediator of it um, or the deliverer of the information. Yeah. But this is created by you, the listener. Whose, whose ears are hearing these words. You have said, how do I, how do I, how do I? And for this moment, in this place and time, this is what's showing up. But it's really the universe telling you how much you're loved, how much you're worth, and what's possible of you. Mm -hmm. And that should feel like a little bit of a warm blanket right now because the universe always hears you. Just sometimes it's a little more upfront and personal like right now. You're it's right. Kind of shouting a little bit. You can do it. <laughs> you can do this. You can do this. So let's so, take that next step. So what, you know, the person that's like, okay, okay, I hear you. Thank you universe for sending me this message. Now what? How do they begin asserting their authority and dominion over the chaos in our world and the chaos in their mind? Okay. So we pull in from the world exactly what we need to to get into the state of mind that serves what we believe to be true about ourselves in the world. So, so that is always in an exact symmetry. We put, so I just want to highlight this. It's yeah. such an important statement. We pull in from the world, meaning that's what we see. There could be a million things in front of us in the world. What we'll see is what we believe, what resonates with our truth, even though we might not walk around calling it our truth. It resonates with what we see, what we believe. We see who we are in the world. And that's what life gives us so that we, that's it what, reaffirms. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's what life, that's what we take from what that's life That's what we gives take us. from what, what life, right. Life is giving us a smorgasbord. Infinite, right, so right. Infinite right. smorgasbord. And we're just choosing the vegetables or we're just choosing the meat whatever serves us to get us into the state of mind that validates what we feel to be true because thought right. must become reality. Mind must become matter. I of identity must become am of experience. I of identity so, must become am of experience. That's right. So, great. so if you don't feel yourself worthy, you're going to pull in from your spouse or your significant other, the information 
that validates that unworthiness when maybe they were saying something completely different or you'll pick the right person that helps keep that validation going or you'll find a boss that demeans you in such a way and makes you feel low or you'll pull the information from the experience or you'll look at the world when there was five miracles that were created in the world from people that were saved or a new um, a creative scientific experiment that's going to help the world or instead of looking at that you'll look at the most negative and pull that in and say the world sucks right. so it depends on what you're looking to validate so that opens up a whole new pandora's box of where the key to everything is and the key to everything is in how you are defining who you are mm. say more so self-awareness is the ultimate path to freedom because through the process of self-awareness, you see more of the truth of your infinite perfection and worth. Now, those are two very, very big statements that can rattle the mind, body, and soul yeah. and certainly send the ego into disarray. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm laying it out there because it's the truth. Say it again one more time. Your existence is the self-evident truth that you matter. So, so great. Because you're, you're, you wouldn't because be here you're, otherwise. You wouldn't be here if you didn't matter. The question <laughs> is not if you matter. The question is eternally and always how you're going to choose to matter. And once you realize your worth and, your, and, and how, I don't care what you went through. I don't care what you did. I don't care what choices you right. made. If right. you not take away from this moment and your ability to see more of your beauty and perfection in this moment. Now it's been in every other moment, but this is the most important moment for yeah. you to see it in so that you can start to act out of that. So the process is about raising that belief up through a process of self-awareness because then all the choices and the way you view and your filter will change. and The whole energy field changes. So, so great. I, I would even say before that, before you determine how you choose to matter, is will you begin to believe that you matter? Are you willing to believe my life matters? Because that fundamental truth has to be established before someone is willing to determine. It's a really great point. How they will make, how their life will matter. And that's what I see people coming up against. Like, oh, you know, I'm just another speck on the map. I'm just another, you know, uh, parasite on the earth or wh whatever. You know, people's self-worth is often so damaged. In fact, I frequently will make the same post uh, on my social media. Uh, and, uh, and it is simply this. I'm here to tell you beyond the shadow of a doubt, your life matters. And it is always, as often as I've posted it, it is always one of the posts that gets the most responses. So I think it's a message that people are really hungry to hear right now. You matter. Your life matters. So since this event occurred and since this expansion occurred, my, my, the dedication, the core dedication of my work has been to present information to the ego that it cannot deny anymore. So mm -hmm. when it comes to do you, you know, rather than just telling somebody, you got to believe that you matter, the ego will chew that up and spit that one right. out. Right. <laughs> when you demonstrate why that's true, the ego has no choice but to lay down and transform 
and appeal to the new understanding because that's all the ego is doing. It's appealing to what our highest truth is. But when you can get to the core of that in the soul of a human being and show them another truth that they cannot find some rebuttal for, now you have transformation. Now you have so, so so you're on it, Jackie. How do you get uh, someone to see more of their worth? And this is where I like to go into a process in my work of having them understand a simple truth about every human being that I don't believe in mistakes. I believe that's been a negative that holds a negative connotation of imperfection in our society, you know, and I really truly believe that every human being goes through a sequence of learning experiences. It's much softer. It's much more understandable. You know, well, I should have done better because I knew really, then why didn't you? Right. Well, right. because of this, this, and this, well, then how could you have? Right. You know, That's it's, it's, right. it's a very simple and direct process that allows someone to have more compassion and forgiveness for themselves. Yeah. And that immediately expands the identity of worth. And that soul expands. And that's really the true essence of spirituality is, is the expansion of, of the consciousness or the soul. Um, but, but, it, but it has to be done in a way where the person is A, ready, wants to change, and is willing to look at themselves in a different light than they ever have. Because that was what did it for me when, you know, my whole life I thought I could have done better, would have, could have, would have, and should have, right? The three right. big lies that were ever created. Um, and I was using that to hold myself as, as limited. Yeah. Yeah. And when I realized that if I could have done better, I would have, my brain freaked out. My ego was like in alarm bell mode. What do you mean? Like I knew like I, and the more I fought it, the, the weaker, that thought got because I couldn't, I, I finally submitted to it. And when I did, and I realized I've done the best I can, all I have is this moment. I was, there was this sense of liberation and freedom yeah. and compassion. And then the most important thing flooded in, which was self-love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that changes everything. That That's correct. That changes everything. Yeah. This is so, so great, Howard. I'm, I'm so looking forward to your forthcoming book. I know you're not done with it yet. Um, your first book, I Am, is just, as you said before we turned on the record, is filled with at least 25 years of depth mm. and growth and, uh, and wisdom. Your, your second book, Time in a Bottle, is just so delightfully profound about the notion of time and what it is and how we can use it. And then this next book, uh, looking to kind of bring those two notions full circle and more of a how to live in, ex- in an extreme mindful state. Just say a couple things about it uh, before we wrap up. Sure. Um, I know how the world likes a step-by-step process. And so I've heard feedback from the readers of the first two books that they, you know, they tab and highlight and dog ear on so many pages. And so I wanted to give them more of a structured sort of step-by-step process to the highest level of self-mastery and what I call next level mindfulness um, and how to attain that state so they can use and enrich more of their time to build the conditions for the life that they're truly looking to experience in a shorter experience of time. It doesn't have to stretch out as much. 
So with that understanding, um, they have a handbook to go to, to understand, well, if I'm experiencing this, let me go back to the chapter on emotions. Okay. Let me start to follow that back to the root. I see the conflict. Well, that's easy. Let me find the belief that's supporting that. Let me, let me neutralize that and let's move on, you know, and it's just a little more of a, an upfront and very um, synthesized version of the first two books. So great. Um, And so important and so needed today for more people to understand that enlightenment isn't always an event. It is more often a process. I remember sitting at my kitchen table years ago in Massachusetts, Howard, you and I, and you said to me, you know, Jackie, some of us have a moment of enlightenment. You ha- you're on the slow burn path to enlightenment and, and you're very much where, you're, where you need to be. Um, so I think that's true for many of us that yes, some people have a, a, like a flash and awakening. They, they kind of see the glory and the wonder of life in a moment like was mostly your experience. And then it continued of course to open over years. Um, but I think many of us today are on that slow burn path to enlightenment that we are awakening uh, to our divinity, to our oneness uh, and to the truth of who we are. And your work is just so instrumental and so profound as we as a species seek to grow toward that enlightened state. Oh, I, it's very, very kind of you. I'm extremely humbled by the grace and just, I'm looking to honor and serve it every day as much as I can. And, and I, I just want every listener to know that there is nobody who is more capable or favored than another, that we are equal in our birthright to this information and to this understanding and to never stop questioning the negative and transforming it and changing it and opening up to more of the truth of who you really are and the positivity and the love and what that can provide for you. That, that will, is what will truly serve you in your life. So, so great. Howard, thank you for being here and serving the Conscious Loving Podcast, for serving humanity in the ways that you do. It's just delightful to be your friend, your colleague. And I'm just so grateful to know that we are walking this path together. I am as well. Thank you for what you do every single day, Jackie. I appreciate being on. 